You're listening to the Learning While Working podcast from Sprout Labs. Sprout Labs builds digital learning platforms that enable enterprises to author, deliver and measure high-impact digital learning ecosystems. Welcome to our next podcast in our series on AI and L&D. I'm Robin Pettit, the founder of Sprout Labs and the host of the Learning While Working podcast. To go along with this podcast series, there's an ebook as well that includes edited transcriptions of all the interviews, and it includes an introduction to what is AI, what is machine learning, and some of the jargon that gets talked about in the interviews as well. That ebook is in the resources section of the Sprout Labs website. This interview with Vince Hand is the start of a series of interviews about chatbots and L&D. When I started to record this podcast series, I didn't expect so many interviews to end up being focused on chatbots. But there are already a really high-impact application of AI technologies in L&D. Vince is one of the leading thinkers in the area of chatbots in L&D. His coach platform is an excellent way to get started in building chatbots. This interview with Vince is at the start of this section, but it wasn't actually recorded in this sequence. What happened is, as I was doing the other interviews in this section with Jamie Good and Emma Weber, I discovered they were both using the mobile coach platform. As a result, I thought it would be really great to talk to Vincent for this series. Vincent doesn't come from a learning background. His background is in technologies, so his focus on behavioural change is just so refreshing. Vincent gives a great overview of how chatbots can be used to personalise learning over time and how the process of a conversation can be emotional, even if it's just with a bot. Also, I often think of a chatbot as being something that's on a website. Vince focuses on chatbots that are designed to be used in multiple different platforms, including SMS messages on phones. If you want to begin using chatbots in L&D, the mobile coach platform is a great starting point. Vince, welcome to the Learning While Working podcast. Thank you for having me, Robin. Vince, how did you come to working with chatbots for behavioral change? Well, my, my background is in technology, and I've always been fascinated with behavior change. I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur and have founded several different technology companies. About five years ago, I was really wanting to find, uh, I was very fascinated in the whole behavior change space, um, which includes like you know, fitness apps and weight loss apps and whatnot. And I had a personal story as well where I was quite overweight and was looking for technology solutions for myself as well. And as I was researching the different sort of behavior change and user engagement type of applications out there, so in other words, what apps out there help people uh, be accountable and help them know what to do and, and whatnot, I wasn't very impressed with what was out there because I felt like although there were some pretty nice-looking apps, they were really catered towards people that were going to be active anyway. I sort of joke that um, like my Fitness Pal and RunKeeper are apps that help people who are already fit uh, easily brag about their exploits on Facebook. And so that, that, that's the, the backstory. And as I researched about what types of technology solutions could really help people, you know, I, I realized that the key nut to crack, so to speak, was... How do you get someone's attention on a consistent basis over enough period of time where you can really influence their thinking, their behavior, and whatnot? And that brought me to chat. You know, I, I really asked myself the question, what messages do I not ignore? <laughs> and um, the answer was uh, messages from my friends and family and peers and colleagues that are coming on my phone. And so uh, this was you know, five, six years ago before chatbot was really a thing. And I thought, well, could we automate a personality 
um, that would get that same type of attention from a user. And through some early experiments, we found that we could do we could do that, and and thus the ambition towards uh, doing chatbot work was born. Lots of interesting things in there. So the fact that mobiles have become this sort of really intimate platform for communication first with our family and friends and the simplicity of the, the nature of it. I'm just thinking through that someone one day sat there and said it was in a sort of workshop session that you couldn't teach project management on a mobile phone. And someone in the Sprout team piped up but, and sort of sat there and said, but Robin spent his whole day on the phone doing project management. <laughs> they're, they're a communication device. And so, yeah, it's actually returning it back to that sense that a phone is actually communicating with someone or something. It's also just really interesting you came to it from that behavioural change point of view rather than a, than a content point of view. What did you think was really lacking in some of those other sorts of behavioural change style apps where you might, might have to do things like check-ins to try to be accountable? Well, I think that they all had a very sh uh, short lifespan with, with users. You know, I think that you did the, the challenge I had with some of those apps was changing your behavior is very hard. That's, that's why, you know, I, I think the statistics around people who give up on a New Year's resolution, for example, are, are you know, it's, it's, it's astoundingly high. Even when a New Year's resolution is life or death, you know, I think that there's plenty of data that shows that really important behavior change is extremely difficult. And so I didn't find, I didn't find that sort of the hooks and sort of key features, check-in features, things like that in those apps had the persistence level that, that was required for people who really needed behavior change. That was my big takeaway. Yeah, it's actually that accountability bit in, in behavior change that seems to be the powerful thing that a chatbot can enable. That's what a personal coach can sometimes do. I think that there's also a, a very, there's, there's an emotional level to it, right? So a lot of times technology is very pragmatic. You know, like if we take a look at those fitness apps, here's how many calories you need to eat and here's how, much, uh, how many steps you need to walk a day. Um, and maybe there's even some gamification to help, you know, so-called so motivate you to, to, to action. But, you know, when it comes down to making important choices, uh, those choices can be very fleeting. And a lot of it depends on how we feel. And when it's emotionally based, it's not pragmatic. It's not logical. And so I think a chatbot is interesting because it um, sort of diffuses this idea of user interface. And, and, and conversation, I think, can be a better position to help someone's mood or help influence them in a way that they that a more structured app cannot. That's so essentially just think this through a little bit. Talking and chatting with a bot isn't someone something that people all, all of a sudden relate to with being an emotional experience. I think people could relate to the fact that the barriers to behavioral change is emotional, but you don't naturally sit, sit there and think that a script or an AI would be able to help you deal with an emotional if-then-what situation. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think a chatbot can be very successful in sort of being a psychotherapist, and so that's not really what I mean. What I mean is that when my emotions are getting in the way of, of, the, of healthy messages getting to me, like having a good reminder then getting a, a, for example, a text message, I'm just, I'm going to be more prone to look at it and read it 
than a push notification or an email or something like that. And so I guess in, in an emotional state, when I'm, and when I say emotional, I mean, you know, making decisions based on how I'm feeling. And I could be feeling good for all, all that matters. And we're just more likely to see a message that's in a conversational style going to a more structured application. Yeah, and it's also this thing, I've just come out of a coaching session myself, and it was an interesting moment to sort of think through it, because essentially, I was in some ways, by verbalizing some thoughts, I actually and sorted the thoughts down, and essentially the coach was sometimes almost just reflecting back and helping me sort through those things, so that process of articulating what's going through your mind actually helps to sort it, which is interesting in terms of the chatbot prompting those types of possibilities. Yeah, that's a great, great comment. I, I would agree with that. So what do you think are some of the possibilities for chatbots in workplace learning? Gosh, and I, I think that there's really a, a, a depth of possibility. What we have uh, found in our work is that the, the a chatbot, you know, if you can design the personality of the chatbot to be appropriate to the demographic of the learner and to be appropriate to the level of content that the learner is trying to, you know, trying to um, be successful in, in engaging, then you're going to have that person's attention. And then that gives you a platform then to teach, to remind, to influence. And so some of the possibilities can be, you know, really having learning sustainment be something measurable for once. You know, I think a chatbot also, since it's technology-based, can meet learners where they where they where they are. You know, I think that those of us that have been in learning and development and building programs, you know, we're often handcuffed by creating a single curriculum that everyone has to engage with, regardless of their learning style. And so, all of a sudden, with a chatbot, you can now personalize learning style as well as pace of 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 learning. You know, imagine a chatbot asking you, Robin, you know. I can send you sort of these exercises for you to work on to improve this particular skill. Would you like to do that once a week or five times a week? Would you like to do that in the afternoons or in the mornings? Would you like me to remind you or just challenge you? You know, so imagine having all these preferences that the chatbot can learn from a learner and then have the user experience match those preferences. Um, I think that's a, a depth of of capability that can really transform how effective training can be in the workplace. And that's a really nice example of personalization. Mark from Filtered, who have a sort of recommendation engine, talked about how they, he was actually using chatbots for profiling people to be able to build those personalizations. And it's just a different sort of more flexible way compared to, to filling out a form with that sort of layer of personalization as well i think there's two big areas in chatbots there's that whole thing around support and just-in-time performance support which is where quite often they're being used in software to help people find answers to things and then there's actually this other thing that i think that, you, that you're really interested in which is the more of the whole you need to learn something change your behavior move forward on something and this might even just be during an onboarding program, you've got a series of common questions that people ask and the chatbot can be programmed with those questions and answers. Yeah, I'm actually interested in both use cases, but I think we find that the approach 
of using a chatbot to proactively influence and teach and, and try to change behavior is a little bit more rare for sure. An easy way to think about it is that can you have a chatbot that pushes messages proactively for the purpose of behavior change or influencing, as well as having a chatbot that can pull. So, you know, that, that will wait for an inquiry from the user in sort of a performance support use case. And, and you can blend them as well. I think that if you can create enough value in the messages where the learner has can, can trust the chatbot, then really the best of both worlds can can apply in terms of having the chatbot both be responsive to questions and situations that a, a learner might find themselves in and, and needing a little bit of support, as well as having the chatbot be a coach. I think that some organizations might be wary of, you know, will a learner want to have an, an AI bot proactively messaging them at work? And, you know, I think that there, there's some valid concerns around, will that feel annoying or intrusive? You know, can it, can it miss the mark a little bit? But we found that not to be true. I think that if, as long as the messages feel valuable and there's enough context, people are actually quite uh, welcoming of messages that are catered to helping them improve. So I think that one big lesson I've learned is that we can actually be a bit more liberal and aggressive than, than uh, one might initially think in terms of having a chatbot really try to push a conversation along and, and push a, a particular learner along a development path. That's a lovely bit of insight to realize that, that you can sort of really push. And that's something that's... Do you think that's also because the technology feels less invasive, people are knowing that's not actually a person doing the pushing? Or yeah, We have some pretty interesting anecdotes about that where in, in some instances I think learners are would prefer to interact with a bot than a real person because if you're interacting with a real person, particularly someone that you know, Oh, there's all these other sort of expectations around that relationship you have to be cognizant of. But if it's a bot, then you don't you feel less guilty about delaying in response or being curt in your responses because you're not going to offend the bot. And so if you take some of those dynamics into as as advantage in, in designing your chatbot, then absolutely you can you know you can have learners really engage with this this bot. This lets me go into the one of my next questions which is around designing a chatbot you talked a bit about personality and it's that sense of if someone was sort of starting to think about designing a chatbot where do you think they should start Vince? where i like to start is is to think about maybe there's some you know frontline supervisor training that we want to support with a chatbot and maybe i have you know a thousand frontline supervisors in my organization across the world the design sensibility I would start with is that if I had the time to individualize a sort of a follow-up campaign with each of these frontline supervisors on my own, what would I say? When would I say it? How often would I say things? Would I say things differently to my frontline supervisors in the United States versus New Zealand versus Australia versus the United Kingdom? And so start asking those questions. So instead of sort of working backwards from what would a computer say, I think a good design sensibility is what would I say and trust that intuition. That's, I think, a great starting point in, in terms of designing a personality and tone of a chatbot. Interesting, we're back to that personality word because it's actually the first, the first person who's actually talked about personalities in, in, in chatbots and it's actually 
possibly because you've come to, the, to it from the sensibility of thinking through actually what would a person do, person do? Um, how would that sort of person engage with in an intimate way with people, which is just a very non-tech way about going about it. So that's a sort of support scenario, but how about if it was sort of a sense of actually the whole learning experience was a chat experience? Yeah, so like I think the 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 whole learning, so the instructional design behind the chatbot is, first of all, I think there's a couple components. For the push component, so if you're wanting to have this sort of push curriculum, then that's really a calendar-based type of design, instructional design to say, okay, how long do we want this chatbot to go over this curriculum? You know, maybe it's one month, maybe it's three months, maybe it's longer. And then you ask yourself the question, uh, how many times during a week would it be appropriate for the chatbot to push some sort of exercise or reminder or some sort of video or piece of learning content? You know, the answer might be once a week, twice a week, every day. And so it sort of depends on the nature of the content. And you, I think most people in the learning world would have, what I found, they have really great sensibility about answering those questions. How long of the experience should it, should it be? And how many times in a week does it feel right? And typically, we're, we're finding that a chatbot experience in a, in a, push, a push scenario, you know, 60 days, two months, sending messages once or twice a week seems to be a good sweet spot. And I think that makes common sense for most people thinking about that problem. And so then once you have that calendar, then you're, you're simply creating this almost like micro-learning campaign, right? To say, okay, on week one, what do we want to emphasize? On week two, what do we want to emphasize? After you have that outline, you're, you drill down to the actual messages then. Okay, well, in week one, we know we want to emphasize this and this. So how do we want to write those messages? So that's a pretty straightforward process for the push piece. For the pull piece, you're really just anticipating the different types of questions and queries that a learner might ask. So the most important design element there is giving instructions on, on how to use the chatbot. I always point to well-known AI bots like Alexa or Siri or Google Assistant. And sometimes those companies' marketing messages around those those products are ask it anything, it, it will be able to answer anything. Well, in reality, it, you know, I'm an iPhone user, and so I use Siri. And Siri is actually very poor in answering a lot of the questions I would like Siri to be able to answer. And so, in a in a workplace, you don't you want to you want to avoid communicating to learners that hey, ask our AI about anything. Instead, you want to say hey, if you if you would like scenarios, or if you'd like examples, or if you'd like a job aid you know, ask the chatbot, it's going to be the fastest way to get to those resources, then I think it can be really successful. So from a design perspective, giving people clear directions about what the bot can do and what the bot can't, cannot do is a paramount in the design. And Jamie Good in his podcast talked about that sort of thing around thinking through those spots which the bot's not going to be able to respond to. And that's a really nice way of sort of giving the, the framework around that. Now, in two of the other podcasts in this series, both the people have actually ended up using your platform, Mobile Coach, which is really interesting for many reasons. How's your platform sort of different to other chatbot platforms that are out there? Possibly it's also why, why is it just actually a really good platform for learning and workplace activities? Yeah, so our sensibility around chatbots, uh, chatbot building is 
is that we we believe that there needs to be a robust authoring tool for chatbots and there unfortunately there are more and more that are emerging which is welcome news i think for for those that want to use chatbot but for a long time really if you wanted to build a chatbot you have to be quite technical you know let's say you wanted to build a chatbot on facebook on facebook messenger well facebook messenger has this sdk and you know, if you didn't know, if you're intimidated by writing code, then you would never end up writing a chatbot. The other downside with SDK chatbot authoring is that it makes it cumbersome to make changes. And so our uh, sensibility in designing, you know, our platform is five years old now, so we've we've been working on it at it for some time. And our goal is to make authoring as simple as possible. But if someone is brainstorming about what they want a chatbot to do and thinking, boy, you know, that sounds really impossible. How would we ever get a chatbot to do that? Our goal is to have feature sets in our authoring platform to actually allow that to be possible and and, and hopefully quite easy to configure. So I think that that's a, a little bit of a unique point of view, which uh, makes our platform stand out a little bit. Um, it's just uh, providing author, a robust authoring set in an in a easy-to-use interface. I'd say the, the uh, maybe the one last thing that really distinguishes us is that we're, we're enterprise friendly. So from day one, we're thinking about, you know, in large enterprises, there are going to be a number of stakeholders who are keenly invested in the outcomes of the learning and or behavior change of a, of a constituency, whether it's employees or new managers, new employees, or even customers. But enterprises have unique uh, requirements, right? requirements around privacy, about data integrity, different stakeholders. And so building into our platform sort of workflow controls that are friendly for the enterprise, including robust reporting and, and things like that have, I think, set us apart. Yeah, and you're very right about that. that, that essentially, there's a lot of products, that, especially, say, in the probably the chatbot area, that are designed more for software support for a smaller company that might be still don't really meet those needs of an enter- enterprise. And it sounds like that's part of what you've been factoring in from day one. Yeah. If someone wanted to get started with designing and building a chatbot, what would be your suggestions? Well, I think that, first of all, my first suggestion would be get familiar with a chatbot as, as an end user. So go find some chatbots on Facebook Messenger, on WeChat, on Slack, um, interact with them, and be really you know cognizant about what works and what doesn't work as a consumer. And so I think being a user is the first step. And then what, if you're ready to then embark on creating a chatbot, then um, there are a number of different authoring solutions out there, including ours at, at Mobile Coach. So I think choosing what channel you'd want your chatbot to live on, whether it be on SMS or Facebook or some other messaging app. If it's a messaging app, most likely that messaging app will have a chatbot SDK or anyone's welcome to, to reach out to, to us and, and try out our authoring tool as well at mobilecoach.com. And that's a really nice way and sentiment to, and some ideas to finish the podcast on. Vince, thank you very much for joining me today for this conversation. It was a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Robin. Thank you for listening to the Learning While Working podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a review. If you want to find out more about Sprout Labs, go to sproutlabs.com.au. We regularly run webinars and publish ebooks and guides about learning while working.